everyone, this is Prav, who is the CEO of Movement Fitness and Nutrition. We brought to you a new podcast called the Ararat Podcast, where we're going to talk to disabled people or people with medical conditions and talk about their experiences being a disabled person in today's society and how they grow up to become an empowered and confident person within themselves. We talk to so many inspirational people. So if you're inspired by some of these people, please check them out. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube because we upload a video version of this podcast onto YouTube. So this is amazing to have. And also, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well because we would love to talk to more inspirational people. And if you have any suggestions of who could be in the show, please comment them below and leave a review as well. Every Wednesday at 1pm we'll be releasing these episodes, so make sure you tune in. Today we talked to Kevin. After a series of heart attacks and open heart surgery to repair three block coronary arteries at just 40 years old, Kevin began making healthy lifestyle choices and is currently doing much better. He hosts a podcast called The Glory Bypass, podcast which focuses on heart healthy topics and interviews this is such an inspirational story and it shows that heart attacks can happen in your mid like mid 40s or anything like that so it just shows that it can be people who are young too so let's just get into the episode guys hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the our rights podcast today we have kevin who's going to talk about his experiences with heart attacks and his experiences with heart disease. So Kevin, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, um, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Kevin Gorey. I'm in Western Massachusetts in the States. And I was, my heart attacks happened when I was 40. So that was almost four years ago, January of 2016. Okay. Excuse me, 17, sorry, um, time flies. So yeah, I had a um, I had a series of heart attacks. I had one at work, pretty massive one, and then while we were, they decided to wait for the surgery. Um, I had a lot of blood thinners in my body. I had to transfer hospitals, so there was a lot of things going on. And in the course of waiting, um, I had another much more intense one, and then we they the surgeon decided to stop waiting and rush me in, and I had over eight hour surgery it was intended to repair three coronary arteries mm. two which were 100 100 blocked and one was 90 percent. but they could only repair two so i left the surgery with one that doesn't function at all um and then from there um it was you know discovered how advanced and aggressive the heart disease was and and things like that but it was more of a i wasn't I wasn't on, I didn't have heart disease or I had, I had obviously had heart disease, um, but the heart attacks were the, the main jumping off point for everything else. Yes. That's really tragic. Like, I think, what did they diagnose with you with afterwards? Because if you had like series of heart attacks throughout like 2017 in the beginning, what did the doctors conclude it could be? Was it just like, it, is it just spontaneous or is it an actual disease that you actually like have to face? So the most insight I got was from mm-hmm. the guy who, from the man who was in there poking around, my my heart surgeon, really. Um, I mean, and then the test afterwards, but he deduced really from what he saw that not only did it, was my heart disease around since I was a very young man, um, but there was scarring 
on the heart tissue, which he thought indicated previous heart attacks that I just blew, you know, shook off like they were angina or I just didn't, hmm. they were just smaller, smaller heart attacks um, okay. in that, in that sense. And there was collaterals, which are kind of like the veins that grow around your heart as we get older, Yeah. which I, I didn't know anything about them. And then he explained to me how my collaterals were advanced to the point of someone that was much older that he usually okay. sees. So therefore that told him that I was having these issues for a long time since he, he, he said he wouldn't doubt that my heart disease started at, you know, at 10 or 12 years old. Hmm. That's scary. Like, because you were in your early forties as well and you were experiencing heart attacks just to find out that it could be something previous, like you right. never knew about it. So like before you had these spontaneous heart attacks, did you find any signs that could suggest it could lead to that? Did you see some side effects looking back? Yes, absolutely. There was any, there's one even specific event where my wife always talks about okay. when we were, you know, like a month or two prior walking back from a, a lunch place where we were walking back to our car and I just got really, it was cold. It was, it was really cold in New England here. And I got really sweaty and I had to sit down and I, I think I blamed it on like the burger and too much salt or something. And I, you know, it was mm. almost like I, but I hear about a heat flash or something. And then we talk about that one a lot as like a mini heart attack that I just, and then if I look back in my past, you know, I wasn't um, very healthy uh, okay. person. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't crazy, like, but I didn't eat. I ate the standard American diet, which we, as we know, is not very good for you. Yes. And, you know, I liked the cigar every now and then, and I, Liked wine a lot, um, so yeah. There, I wasn't, and I didn't exercise as much. So mm. it, there was a lot of factors that you can look back to leading, not having a, or not really learning a outlet for stress. Like I, I had all like kind of the factors that you look back and you say, the risk factors of heart attacks and heart disease. Mm. When you look back, I would have checked off like eighty percent of them. Okay, that makes more sense. Like right, yeah. That makes and more then, sense. But, I, yeah. but at the time, I'm like, oh, I'm like 40 years old. You know, you think heart heart stuff is for old people. Mm. So I figured I would always think like, oh, I'll next year I'll get in better shape, or next year I'll give up the cigars, and you know, next year came that year, mm. and it never happened. I'm guessing. Right. I mean, yeah, it didn't happen up until that point. It's happened certainly now. Yeah, for sure. Like the American standard diets, like. I know it's unhealthy because I'm from the UK. So I know how, like how much portions you guys have more food, for example. And it's not a healthy lifestyle to go under, especially when you're also doing cigars and drinking and it can lead to like heart problems as well. So that could be a main contributing factor to it. And yeah, so it just like for you, it's just going to be a bit harder to move forward. So right. yeah, 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 of course. So, like, how did you manage to deal with being, like, getting these heart attacks? Have you found a way to cope with them over time? Or have you still, like, in the early stages? Well, I, I did the physical things immediately. Like, or, like the, you know, I didn't have, I haven't had a drink since the, since we got out of the hospital or have a cigar or mm. I did all those things probably I went cold turkey almost too much, you know, and then I, I went to almost an all plant-based diet within like a couple of weeks since we were mm. out. 
And then, so those things I did in the first few months, um, I figured those were the things I could have a control over the quickest. Hmm. And, you know, I was also heavy, you know, I remember going into the surgery and one of the doctors told me, you know, when you come out of this, you got to lose weight. And we had like an argument over how much I remember. And people were laughing because we were like, we wheeled into emergency surgery and I was having a argument over how much weight I should lose <laughs> when we were done. And then, um, but then since in the last year and a half, maybe, or I've been getting into more of that stress stuff, like, you know, finding an outlet for anything, whether it's work-related stress, um, just, just the, that kind of anxiety that builds up knowing I have heart disease and yeah. I have a, a young family. And so that's taken more time, you know, doing some like journaling or meditating yoga, those kind of things. Those things have come a little after. So that's how the last three years have, have, have gone really. Um, yeah. How does it feel to like do things like meditate and switch your diet up completely and giving up some stuff? How do you feel on the inside? I feel a hundred times better. It's almost as if there's a different person. Okay. Like, I, I look at it as a, a lot of times as a different person. My wife says I'm like the person that she thought I, I was, you know, deep down or this was my mm. true self. And then the other yeah. stuff wasn't my true. So she, she's much more, you know, in that space. She's, she's a woman who is literally the most comfortable in her self as I've ever been around. So yeah. um, that's how, that's kind of her take on it. So, but it's, it can be confusing, you know, you, especially in the very beginning too, when you start to go out again and you try to see some of your friends that you had, okay, and yeah. they knew you as a different person really, you know? And you're still the same core, I guess, but you're doing all these different things. And um, so, yeah, it's it takes a while to get used to and you stay home yeah, a lot because you're not sure um, what to do or what to eat or where you can go because all your favorite places don't have the same stuff. So you have to take a lot um, on yourself, I think, and do some and do some research and really just kind of talk to yourself a lot. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think, like, the experiences of you, like, I know that so many people with, like, different medical conditions, when it comes to it, they change as a person overall. Like, they see the brighter side. Like, I was diagnosed with cancer, like, two years ago. Okay. And I, I'm cancer-free now, but in the moments that I had cancer, I had a different outlook on life, and I switched things up in my own as well. And so two years after that it's trying to still like change yourself in a bit more detail like you said with the yoga the meditation changing the diet so I completely relate to that because I had to make those changes too and it is kind of, it can be tough like sometimes you can relapse back into your old life sometimes you like you go back into this new routine and you're trying to figure it out at the same time yeah absolutely yeah, that is for sure. Like it's like I relate to you in such a way in that aspect because you had to change everything up. And yeah, how were your support system were like during that time? Like, for example, as you said, your wife, your friends, your my wife extended has been, family. Yeah, my wife has been the most unbelievable person through all of this. She's she's given me enough room to 
experiment with th- new things, but also enough, just enough encouragement to say, you know, you should do this or, you know, you, when, if, 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 for example, if I'm like, I don't want to exercise, you know, she'll, she won't um, say like, you know, you need to exercise or else your kids won't have a father. Like, you know, kind of thing. She will mm-hmm. say, don't you remember the last time you went, how good you felt after? Like she has this way of, okay. of reminding you like the, the positive things. Um, and then, I mean, most of the family members, I mean, it takes them a little bit of adjustment. I think you, it's funny that food is the most, is the biggest adjustment because some people are great. Like for my sister, for example, she will like, would get, got a bunch of like vegan cookbooks for the holidays whenever I would come over and make some dish, mm-hmm. but some other ones, they don't understand what it is. So it's, it's not that they don't, that they're against it so much of, of your changes. It's that it's unfamiliar. Yeah. People are um, a bit thrown off when things are, are not familiar. I mean, that's, yeah. that's part of life. So you have to kind of communicate with them a little better. You can't just assume everybody knows what ingredients you eat. Mm. And, so, you know, if there's an issue, um, the person who has changed, sometimes I find uh, expects everyone to just get it immediately. So it's the person that change needs a little bit more clear communication outward to everyone else. Like, no, I don't do that anymore. We can still hang out, but you know, like when you guys want to go out for a smoke, I'm not going like, it's just, I'm still the same guy just because I'm not doing that part of it or whatever, you know, it's so it it goes a a lot of the miscommunication or the gaps are just as were to me, just as much my fault for not communicating my needs as it was someone else. I think people, you know, especially your loved ones, they want you to be well, they want you to be around. So at least mine do. <laughs> yeah, I think with like changes in your lifestyle, people, you find the people who really cares about you are quite a lot. Like if you had friends from before, like where you said you used to drink and stuff like that, if those friends don't accept you now, then it's really just why are your friends? You just overthink right. quite a lot. You overthink quite a lot about who are your true friends afterwards. Like, for example, when I was diagnosed, I I found people who weren't okay with that. They mm. weren't okay with the changes that I made. So it put some, put some people off, which I know, and I'm no longer friends with them because of the way that they treated me during that time. And so I've completely blocked them out of my life. And I have the people who are really close to me who understands everything. So it's just yeah. trying to find those people who are like very supportive of you, really. And yeah. that's one of the main thing, key things when it comes to having a support system is finding those people who really are very supportive. Yeah. And I didn't, I've always been the kind of, even when I was a kid, like I didn't need, I never really needed a lot of friends. Hmm. Yeah, it might sound sad silly but i was always kind of a Hmm. not a loner but i like books and you know i loved baseball and like if i i was took i'm I'm more i'm becoming more of that that guy again the younger one who didn't need a lot to be happy and then you gotta get in your 20s and 30s and you're trying to experiment yeah real life kind of forget you forget that kind of early beginners mindset Hmm. of like, okay, I don't, like you said, you, you took out those people out of your life, but that's actually a, 
a positive or a chance to to grow because there's new people somewhere else you know yeah so like when just like i always um i have a a friend of mine who they move a lot and i always worry about the the kid i used to worry about the kids they change schools all the time but kids don't care like they meet new friends so when you get to be an adult making new friends is a little more difficult but it can be exciting and you learn a lot about different people and um yeah i, I know it's funny because inevitably my heart attack and heart story always comes up it always comes up really quick too and it's with new people so you kind of are almost in a way throwing it all out there not that you want to test them but you kind of like see their reaction and some people like lean in and they're like oh tell me more or like and some people kind of like okay i don't want to get you all excited because if you have a heart attack in front of me i don't know what to do yeah so there's there's that um but a lot of people lean in and they want to know and they want to be healthier and they say my uncle had one and he died young or my mother has heart disease Hmm. um and heart disease being as rampant as it is you do end up connecting with a lot of people that you never thought you would yeah that actually leads on to my next question how did you find for did you join any like like groups that support groups for example who face similar stories to you and how Uh, did you feel after if you did if you feel their stories as well I, I like, I was never a big joiner. I was never into groups. Um, but so I, you know, they, they, you go through cardiac rehab. Most, most people here do. Um, so you meet some people there, but everyone's on their own path. And for the most part, what I also found was I couldn't find anyone really my age in my age group after, after this. So that made it a little difficult. A lot of the people I was running into were in their mid sixties to older. Um, okay. so I was a good 20, 25 years younger than the youngest in the groups that I was in. Um, so, but in the last, um, since June, I think I can't, or May, when I started my mm-hmm. podcast, that has been, that's almost become my support group, uh, mm-hmm. in a way, <clears throat> excuse me, the, um, cause I would, I would do some trail running and I, I like, it's, and I write a lot. So the, my favorite pursuits are s- kind of solitary, you know, Yeah. trail running and writing and are not really group activities in a way. Um, but then I started this thing and I told my story on my first season. And then this second season, I, I interviewed a lot of experts to talk about different things. And now I'm working on the, the season three, which is getting into more people who have different heart things, you know? Okay. A valve replacement or um, uh, heart failure, heart uh, like a who run charities for kids who have heart things. So I'm now I'm meeting this group that their all entire focus is on heart health. So now that is I didn't even realize that till you just asked that question. That has literally mm. become the support what I'm finding group. as the sport group, and it's just Instagram messages and uh, emails, and then you know people getting on <clears throat> coming on the show. And then they, um, they follow up after, or they, you know, I've had people say that they're going to do, they're doing some kind of event next year once this, you know, virus kind of moves away a little bit and they're going to be in my area. So like that's slowly becoming the support outside of the home for sure. Yeah. I'm glad that I like, but like talk, talk about more about your podcast and like, what do you what did you discuss about in like season one and season two especially with the experts part in season two explain that in a bit more detail sure um so the i've always wanted to 
I was always kind of a storyteller mm. at heart, whether it was writing or getting in front of a group and telling a story. That was, and during my recovery, I had journals and I would write, you should start a podcast. I was looking through one of the old ones and I saw that and then it, <clears throat> I didn't know how to do it. And then a friend of mine who is very into the tech stuff and has his own show, we were talking and I would always tell him, I, I don't think I should, I'm not an MD. I don't, I don't have a degree um, or I'm not a nurse. And he's like, you went through all that stuff. Who cares about what, if you don't have letters after your name, you can just go tell your story. So I did, we did that. The first season is just me telling the story. So I broke up the, from the first heart attack till mm. coming home from the hospital in like seven episodes. And I had some questions from, from listeners and did like a Q and a at the end. So that was it. That was just telling you from what it feels like to have a heart attack mm. to what it feels like to have a catheter shoved up here. You know what? Like, so you can go to the bathroom. Like it was horrible. And the painkillers and all those stories. And some, there was some funny stuff in there. Like I said, I was arguing with doctors and about silly things. And then I really liked it. I was just really going to do that one. It was sort of like a writing a blog, but mm. talking a blog so people could get updated and hear the stories. And people kept saying, you should do more. You should do more of it. So I decided I... So season two, we came, I just came up with the things it started off with the things that are heart disease risk factors, smoking, being overweight, um, not exercising. And then I had someone on, so I would talk about it. I would tell a personal story that has to do with that. And then I'd have someone on that would directly was working with that and had, had like a different take on it. Like I had a hypnotherapist who has had great success getting people to quit smoking. And we talked about different ways to do that. We had, um, I had this awesome psychotherapist from New York city on who talked about how depression, you know, can lead to heart disease in different ways mm -hmm. to combat that, um, meditation teacher, um, up until, uh, any light, some like a life coach we had on. Um, and then we did 13 episodes. I, 13 is like, has been my number ever since, because I had the heart attack, the surgery on the, on January 13th, Friday, the 13th. And there's been a whole other 13s. So I make 13 episodes for the, for that season. And, um, I ended up <clears throat> ending it with, uh, this man who wrote a book that I read during my recovery. Um, uh, and he had overcome all these obstacles and I, he's way more, you know, well-known in, in the, in the world than the social media world. Um, his name is Charlie Engel. He's this ultra marathon, just, he wrote a really best-selling memoir. But I just kept bothering him to come on and come on. And eventually he had a free hour in his busy schedule. Um, and we got to talk for like an hour and it was, that was really cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, I know I learned a, lot, a ton of stuff and I'm already, I've already recorded um, four, I think four interviews for season three, season three, I'm going to do um, now I'm really like excited and getting into it. I've mm -hmm. learned the, the little bit of the tech stuff Um and season three will be literally just about heart issues with women, just women and heart disease and okay, women and heart yeah. health. Um, so it's going to be sort of like a theme. And I've talked to some doctors already um, about just a different, because now I'm, I know, I think I know more or less what happened to me and what's going on with me. So now I'm more interested in branching out and finding yeah. out and maybe spreading the word for some other things. You know, I have some, there's this thing that post 
it's a postpartum cardiomyopathy, I think, where women have heart failure, either like during pregnancy or right after. And I have mm. a bunch of mo- moms coming on and some people who are doing charities for defibrillators in schools and those kind of things. So it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be all women and all women focused mm. because I didn't even know that at the time when um, I was researching all that, that <clears throat> it's the, it's the number one killer of everybody, but it's also far out. I mean, I think compared to even breast cancer, which people would normally, that's what I would, I normally yeah, thought yeah, was yeah. the biggest killer of women. It's actually heart disease and it's not even close. That's so I wanted crazy. to maybe bring some, some information and find some people and everybody it's, it's funny. Cause I thought like, no one's ever going to want to come on a show. I have no, literally no social media following or, you know, nothing on it, but they hear a little bit about the story of what I went through. And then, I mean, everybody that I've, almost everyone that I've contacted has just said, yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really cool. And they, we had a sleep expert on, she was one of my favorites in that second season. Um, just because really getting into how sleep is sort of, it affects everything, our stress levels, our, what, how we eat, um, you know, our anger um, and getting really good. A healthy sleep pattern is so vital. So yeah, there was a lot of fun in that, in that season. Yeah. Like the podcast sounds amazing. Like, I think I know a couple of people who will be willing to join that and to oh, talk. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my last episode was talking about heart disease in women too. So oh, wow. I would like get okay. you to get in touch with her because her story was amazing too. Because when I listened to that, it definitely got me and it, it relates to your show so much about talking about how heart disease is like the number one cause of problems for women as right. you said yeah and so I could get in touch with her to talk to you about it because it's very inspirational and yeah like I think in podcasts there's not much awareness about different medical conditions like heart disease or any others so like I love that more podcasters are coming out with these sort of topics because the, I know they are sensitive but right it is starting to come to age which is good yeah I don't know if yeah I can't tell people obviously what to say or how to feel but like for me I almost it became a point where I couldn't stop talking about it Mm. because not just of it it's so prevalent in society but the little things that I've done they're big things I I, I guess but the lifestyle things you know I I take medicine and stuff but Mm. that in conjunction with you know just even walking or hiking and eating better not (laughs) drinking or smoking like and it's not just like pounds on a on a scale. You just feel like a totally different person, so much healthier. So it's definitely you want to whoever needs it, um, just get that stuff out there in the world because you can't like force someone to eat better. It just doesn't work. But if someone's out there and they're and they're not sure and they, you know, just getting this information out there and who I do you have no I have no idea. I mean I know there's I know I have a few people who listen to everyone and they tell me, but there's people out there. I have no idea or I'll never meet who, who might listen and, and pick up something from these guests. Cause these guests, there's some of their stories are just unbelievable. And some of the, I mean, there's some of the, I've had, I had a diet dietitian nutritionist. I mean, she's, she, every day, her whole life is dedicated, dedicated to healthy eating for heart health. Like yeah. that's what she does every day. I mean, I remember telling her, I'm like, it's so, 
thankful that there are people out there that are, they don't have heart disease. They don't have heart attacks. Maybe they mm-hmm. got into this business because of their diet or had a one or whatever, but you have this like team out there. You don't mm-hmm. even know it. They're not, they're not, you don't know them until you, you know, meet, until you meet them. But they, every day they're reading research papers. They're, you know, so they're this, you're kind of extended family now, extended yeah, team of, of experts. It's really cool. And it's, it's really it's, cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I felt the same thing with, when I was with endometrial cancer because there's not much awareness about that kind of cancer, especially for young people. And right. so when I met my oncologist, he he specialized in that kind of cancer, which was crazy because there was not many doctors who did specialize in that. And so they did a ton of research about maybe womb transplants and something like that. And it's really incredible to see even they're starting to research about um, endometrial cancer in young people because I'll happen to be the youngest person in the UK to have this kind of cancer, which was crazy because normally the age range was like 50s to 60s and I was 17 at the time, which is crazy. Holy cow. Yeah. It's been like two, three years since then and... Yeah, so they're researching now about how, why does endometrial cancer affects young people, which is, and that oncologist who's researching about that, like writing a paper about it, is my doctor. Like, oh, that's wow. crazy. That's cool. Yeah. And they're using me as like a case study, for example. So it's crazy to think like how more research is coming into different age groups as well. Yeah, there. I mean, there's a. I met. I've met a few people actually that I don't know if they've had the cancer. I know they have endometriosis. I'm not ex- exactly sure what mm. level the things, but I've heard about. I didn't hear about it until a couple of years ago, and I've since found a bunch of people. And I've actually. I have a a nurse. I think coming on in season three, who's had heart surgery and endometriosis. Mm. And then she was talking about how there's a, some kind of correlation. Um, and a friend of mine who I met at a, uh, a festival, she wrote a book about uh, eating more plants. And she, and that, she, she came to that diet through her, en- her endometriosis history. And mm. now she's, I think, writing a book about that. Um, That's crazy. So I've heard about it more recently, which is crazy, but it's That's not good, yeah. studied as much. Like you said, there's not, yeah. it's not even a, they don't, I don't think they even get much school training on that they yeah. have to search it out after medical yeah school. for sure for sure it's crazy to think that but yeah we're gonna end the podcast right here so thank you okay. so much for coming on oh my thank pleasure you. yeah no worries and yeah so make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel which is down there and i'm learning sure... i'm learning how to do that too great yeah I, t- I take like, like one one thing at a time like i'll do the then I'll, learn Instagram and then Facebook, whatever. So, cause I wasn't yeah. on any of this stuff before. So yeah. And also like, comment, share, and also subscribe to our podcast, which is on Spotify and Apple podcast. So thank you guys for listening. Take care and bye. Thank you for watching today's episode. It was really inspirational to talk to so many people who could encourage us on a daily basis. If you want to listen on um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please make sure you subscribe to us on the Arrow Rights Podcast and also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Movement, Fitness and Nutrition, where we post the video versions of these podcasts. So make sure you check that out as well. Also check out our social medias. We have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have LinkedIn, and now we have Spotify and Podcasts. So make sure you check them out too. And also subscribe to our newsletter 
better on our website which is www.movementfitnessandnutrition.co.uk so you can keep up to date with all the latest news thank you for listening everyone and take care and i will see you in the next episode